Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hi everyone, today I have a story to share with you called Pass the Kool-Aid. You have Parkinson's, he said. I sat there in silence. It was like being paralyzed. I don't know how long I sat there, but it was a minute or so. Finally, he said, you're awful, you're awful quiet. And I remember saying, I'm scared. What am I going to do? And he stood up and he replied, you just need to make the best of every day. As he reached the door, he said, I'm going to start you out on Repinerol and I'll see you in six weeks. Then he disappeared. I don't know how long it was when I heard Judy say, come on, let's go. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's on February 13th, 2018. I'm not going to lie, I was devastated and afraid. In the coming weeks, I was in a daze. Time was passing, but my life had become a stagnant blur. I was consumed with an unrelenting fear of the unknown. What do I tell my family? How long will I be able to work? Will my clients abandon me? How long do I have? At some point, I landed on her doorstep holding a scrap of paper that I scribbled on, exercise lady, Melissa. Little did I know the impact she would have on my life. A few days later, I showed up for my first visit to PD Next Steps. I was mentally paralyzed and I was in a very dark place. Melissa bubbly introduced me to a bunch of faceless people. They were friendly and engaging and they displayed a sense of peace, something that I was desperately missing in my life. I remember thinking to myself, what kind of Kool-Aid are these people drinking? In a few weeks, something began changing inside me. I couldn't explain it, but I felt it. And it dawned on me, it was the exercise lady. She reached down deep into my abyss and pulled me up for air. That was a day I will never forget, when my fear was replaced with hope and joy. And before I knew it, I became a peep. I went from working out twice a week to three, then four, five, and eventually six days a week. Fast forward to present day. I'm part of a supportive community now, thanks to PD Next Steps. I don't think about having Parkinson's anymore, and I'm enjoying the benefit of exercise. Pass the Kool-Aid, please. So this was a story written by our very own Steve Brandenburg. Very well-written story. Seemed like a lifetime ago. And how long ago was this? Uh, four years. Four years ago. Yeah. Four years, almost, yeah, this month. Thank you for sharing that story. Thank you for letting me read it. Um, so let's take a step back. I, I think we all know I'm Jessica. We're here with Brian. Hello. <laughs> um, but we do have our special guest, our producer of these podcasts, Stevie B. So Steve, every time when I read that letter, I've read it multiple times, it gives me chills just because there's so much in it that I think we can all relate to. That fear, that paralyzed feeling, the dark place, meeting people in the gym for the first time and they're, they're not newly diagnosed, they may have been a year or two years and they're fine. 
looking like, you know, and you want to get there, but you have no idea how you're going to get there. Right. So getting to the other side, though, you feel it feels amazing. And that's where I think we all are right now. So why don't we talk about your journey? Like where, where, how did you start with your symptoms? What was that? Well, I started out putting toothpaste on my toothbrush. And I noticed that I had a, a slight tremor in my right hand. And I, I didn't think anything about it and I let it go for months. And then I mentioned it to my general practitioner and he set me up with a neurologist. We went with the thought that it was essential tremors for months. And then the day that he delivered the, the news is when everything changed. What happened next? I mean, the day you were diagnosed. I don't really remember much about it. I do know the very next day I had to fly down to Louisville. I had produced a video uh, with Lee Greenwood's song, God Bless the USA. And they've been playing it for years at the Louisville National Tractor Pole. Mm -hmm. It's on the big screen, the Jumbotron mm -hmm. in the center. So it was some sort of an anniversary and they were actually flying him in and he's, he was going to sing to it live. And he had done it a couple of different times, but I was never able, I was shooting somewhere in the country and wasn't able to, to be there. Mm -hmm. But I, I made this one and, they, and because of the anniversary. And, and I remember uh, meeting him and, and he told me how much he loved the video. And, but all I could think about was I had Parkinson's. Because it was so like that day? It was the very next day. Wow. And so he came out, the crowd, and I don't know, thousands of people there, the crowd went nuts when he came out, and I thought, I have Parkinson's. Um, so we flew back the next, the next morning. I drove Judy home, dropped her off, changed my, my suitcase, and then I left again that afternoon for a meeting that we were putting on in Charleston, South Carolina. So we're, in, we're setting up in this big ballroom. Mm -hmm. We've got crews setting up projectors and screens and stuff like that. And I had a, a friend of mine, uh, Daryl, call me, and he said, how are you doing? And I said, great, how are you doing? And then he said, I asked, how are you doing? And that's when I lost it. And as quickly as I could, made my way back down to my room and wept mm -hmm. all day. And I, I told my technical director... I'm going home, you're in charge, you run the show. I came home the next day, and I really don't remember much more about it. But I feel like uh, I just didn't have time because of my schedule to grieve. So what do you think your emotions were? Just the, the, and the idea of the diagnosis, not knowing what the diagnosis truly meant? Like what? All of that. Okay. Yeah. It, you know, it was a real sledgehammer to be diagnosed and then to, to not have any idea really about what all it meant, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I've heard of Parkinson's, but I never knew anything about the symptoms or anything like that. Uh, so it was it a was, um, pretty dark time. Where did your initial thoughts go? Like we've heard people say, I know I've said, like, I thought I was gonna be in a wheelchair lot sooner than and I might never be like well I, I emailed my kids and I I told them that they needed to practice the Heimlich maneuver <laughs> and I mean all this stuff that I had yeah. in my mind that they were going to have to deal with mm -hmm. as like 
because it's going to happen next week, so you got to hurry. You know, I had no idea. Yeah. And we laugh about that now, but if you don't know any different, it's a lot to take in. So I, to say you continued to work after your diagnosis is an understatement because I think you're retired, yet you're still doing. <laughs> I don't think you're really retired. Yeah, right. Well, this all started as a hobby for me, and mm-hmm. I was a biology major and, and, Were you uh, really? and yeah, in school, so I had no training in any of this, and I've been doing this, well, from a hobby, and, and I've been doing it as, as a business for well over 40 years, so... Um, how did what I do. how how did Parkinson's affect your your job like your career and clients or the work that you were already doing? Uh, I was in the closet for well over two and a half years, I think. Really? Yeah, because I I didn't know whether they would say, "Oh, you just can't cut it any longer," mm-hmm. and you know we need to look for somebody else or something like that. So uh, that was that was a big concern of mine, and then. After I had my DBS surgery, mm-hmm. well, it's kind of hard when you when you have a shaved head, you know that. Well, gee, you look different, you know. So uh, it was it was after I had my surgeries when I let everybody know, and it was almost like a non-event, hmm. which really shocked me. Yeah, pleasantly. That's good, and yeah. we'll talk about the DBS too in another episode. What? Yeah, I was going to go into the DBS, but that's for, that's. Well, hang on, we'll get there. Um, how did your family react? I mean, I know you, you told them to learn sure. the Heimlich, yeah. but... <laughs> In the beginning, we all walked on eggshells. It, it just wasn't discussed. Uh, but after being around Melissa and her peeps for a couple of months, I was changed. The, the pain of Parkinson's quickly became a distant memory. And I remember I, I asked Judy not long after that, I said, you know, how, how do you feel about me having Parkinson's? And she said, well, I figured if you're okay with it, so am I. How long did it take you before you found our the PD Next Steps community group? I think my daughter knew a friend of a friend mm-hmm. and wound up putting me in contact. And that's how I, I reached Melissa. And... Uh, I'll never forget the first the first uh, workout session. <laughs> Judy actually drove me there, so and I was glad because I thought I was going to have to have help getting out to the <laughs> car. I mean, it was for somebody whose only exercise has been moving a mouse around on a, yeah. on a mouse pad. Uh, that was a lot of, of stuff oh, to yeah. be thrown at you. But four years later, you know, I'm still here. So you went. You found her pretty. Uh Right, like right away after your diagnosis. Yes, I think it was within a month or so, something okay. like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. How did the people? How how do we help you? How did the people in the community help you as a patient? Just being around people who are positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that includes me. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes you know? you're positive. <laughs> and, and I I stood back and I you know I listened and I watched and I'm like. Nobody seems to be as concerned as I am about this, you know. Mm-hmm. And as days passed and weeks turned into months, I was joking around right with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 like being freed, you know. You're in this prison of, of, of the first thing you think of when you get up in the morning is, 
I have Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. The last thing you think about before you go to sleep, I have Parkinson's. I don't do that anymore. And it's been a long time since I've done that. And that's because of the support and fellowship of mm -hmm. PD Next Steps. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I talk about Melissa. You know, I mean, she's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And you see, to me, it's, it's seeing people live their life with the disease. You mm. see people like Dave running a business and, you know, exercising and, and you running your business. And, you know, the people that have are still working or people that are retired, they're traveling and, mm -hmm. you know, right. uh, flying places or, uh, they're, you know, it, to me, it made me realize that I didn't have to stop living. You know, they're living their life. Why can't I live my life? Yeah. And I remember Jeff and his wife and I think one or two daughters showed up one day and and they were in the same boat that I was in a few months earlier. Mm -hmm. And so I introduced, hi, how you doing? But I was on the, the early workout and they came to the later one. So I went out the door and got in the car and and then decided, you know what, I'm going back in there. So I went, I got out of the car, went back in and took a seat beside them and began to tell them parts of my story. Now he's, he's we call him Mav. He's my wingman, you know? Is that, so that's you? Yeah. I Did you know that? I did not. Ah, oh, I've always been wondering, because I, I, I remember asking him too, like why do we, I know what Maverick is, but you're the, or he's your wingman. Yep. And I just did for him what others had done for me when, when I was in need. And, and I think that that's what Melissa has built into the culture uh, of PD Next Steps. I mean, we're just a family. We really are just a family. I felt that same way right from the beginning. And I think everybody in our class could probably say the same thing. We're there for the good times and the bad. That's right, exactly. In our last 30 seconds, I'll leave you with this. I don't know one PD patient that didn't experience the dark days in the beginning. Some may still be experiencing it now, but you have to take over what you can control in your life. Find a community of other PD patients. Talk to your doctor about medications. If you don't like your movement disorder specialist, find a new one. Start taking exercise seriously. This is your life and you only get one. So go drink that Kool-Aid. Thanks for tuning in. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is produced by Melissa Carlson and Steve Brandenburg. To contact us, email info at thesecretlifeofpd.org. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. You are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.